Thank you for listening to the First Christian Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to all of our Sunday morning sermons. Be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a sermon. Enjoy today's message. Merry Christmas! I hope you got to enjoy Christmas Eve services last night. We were going to do it Thursday night, but the winter Armageddon of 2022 hit, and we didn't get to do that. But Ed Payton said it was one of the best, if not the best, Christmas Eve service ever. Amen. And he said, and he said, I'm quoting you, Ed, I told you I would, that he's still basking in it this morning. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. Hey, today we're going to uh, conclude our Hallmark Christmas. And obviously, as I've preached through this series, it's been tongue-in-cheek because there's really no such thing as a Hallmark Christmas, isn't it? Our Christmases are more like National Lampoon Christmas instead. If we really tell the truth, there's always some challenges, there's always some difficulties, but in reality, you know, God is in it, and we praise God because of what it's really all about. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to preach about the perfect Christmas gift. What is the perfect Christmas gift? But I've got to tell you, there's some things that have warmed my heart this Christmas season, this holiday season. One of them was, I didn't get to, I, I forgot to say anything about it, but we had the opportunity to bless five families with about 17 or 18 kids. Was it, Kaylee, how many kids was that? 15 kids. Preachers exaggerate. And made it one of the best Christmases. And I got to be around that Saturday morning, but I also got to be around through the week because they had working moms and working grandmas that are helping to take these, take care of these kids. And they would walk in, they would see all the gifts that you all gave, and they would be stunned. And they would be moved to tears. And so that kind, to me, That is a great Christmas gift that we were able to deliver in in a way to help five families have a great Christmas experience. And I, I, you just, that's overwhelming. And thank you so much for your generosity. I also had someone come to me from Clay County Benevolence, Mike, who, who leads Clay County Benevolence, and I'm doing some bragging right now. He, and he said, how do you, how do you, how do, how do you do this generosity thing where your people bless us so much through the holiday season? And I said, that's just part of their DNA because of what God has done for us. And so, you, you know, folks, I love to be a part of a generous church that makes a difference. And, and I've got to ask again, what would a perfect Christmas gift look like? You ever receive, and maybe some of you are just recently engaged, so you got a big rock for Christmas, or, or maybe if you're a child with us today because this is a family Sunday, you're wearing your Christmas clothes like, and, and some, brought some Christmas dolls and toys. I, I heard someone say they got a Nintendo Switch. And they were super excited about it. I think that's the trending gift this Christmas of 2022. But most of us 
do a lot of giving, and hopefully when we look at giving, we look at giving something useful, don't we? We want something that will be used, that we will think about, that is practical in some way. And a lot of times, the gifts that mean the most are the gifts that are personal. That somebody's done some research into your life and they know what you need or want or desire. And that may be off the charts. I remember one year I gave Stacy a coffee, I mean a bun coffee maker. And you're not supposed, as a, as a husband, not supposed to give appliances for Christmas gifts. But that's what she wanted. And she was so excited about it. And we still use it today. It's about 100 years old. It was useful and it was personal to her. So that matters. Now, this next one is something that you pay for. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you spend a lot of money. But it actually means it's something that costs you something. Either time or effort or thoughtfulness. Maybe it's homemade. Maybe you, you decorated it. Whatever you did. But it made it meaningful. We've got to realize this. That the perfect Christmas gift is not what we give to each other. The perfect Christmas gift is what God gave us. Amen? And that's why we're here on Christmas Sunday morning celebrating. You see, God even wrapped his gift to us. Do you realize that? That God wrapped his gift as well. Now, I've got to brag. This is amazing to me. I wrapped the most gifts this year. They were ugly. I am not good. Thank you, CJ. That is unusual. But my wife organized and I wrapped because I'm kind of a wrapping robot. Just get it done. And she put the bows and all that stuff on it. But isn't it nice to receive something that's wrapped because they cared about it enough to do that? You see, first God, God's gift came wrapped in reality, didn't it? God's gift, even though some people think it's a fantasy, that the story of Christmas is a myth. But if you look in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, Luke writes the narrative from a perspective of history talking to eyewitnesses. And in verse 1 he says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Now this was a tax, taxation that was going on. And Caesar Augustus was Julius Caesar, Caesar's, Caesar's, Caesar's nephew. And, and this was a historical event. It contains historicity. In fact, just recent archaeological digs have discovered things written on pottery 
cuneiform that basically shared about Caesar Augustus that he actually, actually lived. And so when we look at the Christmas story in comparison to all the other world's religions, this is a historical fact. It happened, it occurred in space and time. And it's validated by other sources around the event. Second, God's gift came wrapped in humility. And I really want to spend some time there today. If you look at chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verse 6, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Now, many of you ladies have been pregnant, and many, most of you men have been, or as men or boys, have been around pregnant ladies. And that time when that occurs, when it, it is almost time, is a very, what I want to say, delicate moment, maybe a stressful moment, a time that you're looking forward to, and at the same time there's a tension because there's kind of some anxiety around it. But that time had come in Bethlehem. In fact, the, in fact, the prophets prophesied it in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah prophesied 700 years in advance. And, and he wrote about this Messiah who would be the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Wonderful Counselor. Also, Micah, the prophet, which was Isaiah's contemporary, also prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem 700 years before Jesus came. In verse 7 of Luke chapter 2, And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in, in the inn. Now, we've talked about Jesus being the king and, and not only a king, but the king of kings and the lord of lords. And he came and he was laid in a humble stable with animals surrounding him. It wasn't in a hospital. It wasn't in a king's castle. But it was in a stable. And what's fascinating is I was studying this story once again, and I never thought about this before, but there were Joseph's and Mary's at both ends of Jesus' life. Ever think about that? Mary, the mother of Jesus, Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, but then after the cross, Mary Magdalene was the first to see Jesus, and Joseph of Arimathea was one who buried Jesus. Isn't that interesting? But God had a plan and a purpose. We've got to remember many babies have become kings, but only one king became a baby. And that was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he left heaven as God and was born in a manger. Can you imagine him being formed in his mother's womb, the little hands and feet of Jesus? 
that God's work was going on all along. Third, God's gift came wrapped in victory. That as we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate a victory. E. Stanley Jones says it this way, The early Christians did not say in dismay, Look what the world has come to, but in delight, look who has come to the world. See, Christ has come and makes all the difference. Because he had victory over death and sin. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, Paul writes, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have received that victory if we believe on the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. John 3.16 says it best, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now this year we also participated in Operation Christmas Child, and, and many of you donated to the gift boxes. I believe we gave over 200 gift boxes, and they had a big party to do all of that. And it was super cool. But I love this story. It's about Livy Satterfield Young. She was born in Romania. She was raised in a Romanian orphanage. In fact, their food was like moldy bread, and they had one toothbrush. Can you imagine? And they all shared it to brush their teeth. They didn't have the hygiene or the health products that they needed. But one Christmas... A lady named Connie showed up, and every child received a shoebox. And they were overjoyed because they had toothbrushes and toothpaste and things that we take for granted. And, and when they gave the shoeboxes, they shared the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They told the children that had never heard about a God who loved them so much that they, he sent his son to die for them so they could have everlasting life. And Libby gave her heart and her life to the Lord Jesus Christ that day. She loved the idea that someone loved her, and she had never heard that before. Isn't that amazing? We take that for so we take that for granted so so much. A couple years later, she was adopted adopted into a Christian family in Romania, and it made all the difference in her life. Just a simple Christmas shoebox for a child. Because God so loved her as he loves you. So what's the best gift that you can give to God at Christmas? I would say your heart and your life. Because he is worthy. Because he gave his life for you. And I would say if you're a parent, what do you want for Christmas? If you're a family member, don't you want peace and harmony, and love, and your children and your family all around you? 
Isn't that what you want? What do you think our Heavenly Father wants from us? Do you think it is to, for us to all get along and to love each other and to worship and praise Him in unity? No matter what our opinions are and what we're doing and thinking about, even people that are way, way different than we are, wouldn't it be the greatest gift to unwrap God's gift to us If you've never made a decision for Christ, God has a gift to give to you, and He wants you to unwrap it and to know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life. Will you please stand as I pray? Eternal God and Father, we come to you again this day celebrating Jesus' birth, recognizing the price He paid on the cross for our lives. And Father... We pray as we've either unwrapped or will unwrap that gift that, Father, we won't take it for granted, that we will always appreciate it and realize how much it cost, how practical it was, how useful it is. And, Father, the victory that we have in Jesus that we celebrate because he came to save us. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you come this morning?